Okay. Yo, greetings everybody. Yeah. Uh, this is Was the Peppers, the Art Lexia podcast, and this is episode 125. Um, first, before getting to our guests, just much love to all my listeners, much love. Um, and um, yeah, man, thanks for all the love and all the listeners, much appreciated. If you are new to this website, like and smash that like and subscribe button. Um, so um, yeah, man, let's get into it, man. So we're gonna have a lot of fun today. Uh, we have Mustafa Chigaru yeah. um, from North Virginia. Are you still? You're not in Europe. Yeah, you're back in the states, right? Oh, now I'm back. Yeah, I'm back yeah. finally. I was in Germany, but now I'm in um, yeah, Northern Virginia, not too far away from Biden in DC. <laughs> in fact, I was in DC. Like, I was there last night, and the joke is that if you go to somebody made a joke. He said if you go to DC, you might end up getting a bullet in your food at the restaurant. It was a joke because there's so much like gang violence. So the guy said somebody might shoot my steak. I was like, at least it was your steak and not you. <laughs> that's crazy. That's um, that's actually yeah. that's actually. So let's let's jump into it, man. We want to talk about Palestine. Um, but like what yeah. you what you what you referencing there about <laughs> shooting your food is crazy because I mean you guys have that mass shooting was it yesterday or the day before? Oh yeah, and, and the funny thing is that the day before the shooting, I put something on Facebook which said I'll never touch guns because I'm not an animal. And one of my friends, I have a friend from the U.S., good guy, he has an AK-47, and he told me, "Oh, you're." He, I debated with him. It was a peaceful debate. He was like, "Guns need to be guns are not a problem. That." People just need to know how to use them, and that other countries are just as violent as America. So no, they're not as violent. The U.S. is ranked number one thirty-two in the world for safety out of one hundred and sixty countries. So that the and he said, "What's the metric?" I told him the metric is actual deaths and violent crimes per hundred thousand people, and the U.S. is low. Mozambique is higher than the U.S. A lot of African countries are higher. So the only so the U.S. is very low. It's 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 very very violent, and. The funny thing was the next morning, someone shot someone with the same gun that guy, my friend, has the same type of gun. So it's almost like I, I, I joke. I said maybe I'm a prophet. Maybe I'm linked into the Facebook algorithm or something. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, Facebook so. is always listening. You know that. But like that's crazy. Yeah. Like, tell me, man. Like as you know, do you fear actually being shot as a U.S. citizen? Like you go to the shopping center or you're driving and you have road rage and somebody just pulls out like an automatic rifle and like okay so i live in northern virginia which is one of the richest parts of america but it has an economy which is flexible so that if you're a middle income income person you can also be there so within the little area i live this is the area close to dc where people work with the military people work with um they work with the with the government like the house that i stay in are both lawyers who work in the government so I'm, I'm renting, but I feel safe. Nothing will happen. Well, supposedly nothing will happen in this area. If something happens in this area, within 10 seconds, policemen will be here. Because this is actually, DC is, is actually like Rome. It is the heart of the whole Western empire. Because it's the heart of the American empire. So it's going to be very difficult for there to be crime. No, not DC, Northern Virginia, because that's where all the rich people live. They work in DC. In DC, Black people live. Going to, I made, I put something on Facebook last night. I was in DC taking pictures, and I refused to bring my iPad because I know that I will be robbed. I can bring it out here in a neighborhood where there's 90% whites, mostly whites and Koreans, or people who are from China who are IT. So this area is relatively safe. But 
I wouldn't even go to, so so there's two problems. I wouldn't go into inner cities. When I'm in inner cities, I'm very careful what I do because you could get robbed, carjacked, or you could get shot when gangs, usually mostly black kids are shooting at each other. So that's the one problem. Now, the second problem is there's a rise in neo-Nazi or right-wing shootings in America where people go to the grocery stores, but they go to neighborhoods that are black and they shoot yeah, people. Yeah. Then the third is the issue violence? is... Yeah, they just go. They, and then usually after the shooting, the last one where the guy shot people in a grocery store, they went to his Facebook and to his Instagram. He's part of a bigger movement. There's a big movement all over the world, but especially in the U.S. of right-wing, where they feel that Blacks... Asians and Africans are taking their jobs or taking, which is, is BS. But but what's happening is a lot of people are immigrating all over the world. And so you're now seeing people of color beginning to outnumber. So they feel that it's a threat to white supremacy. But what they do is they go to black neighborhoods and they'll go to places like grocery stores, but they won't do it in their neighborhoods. But the third, the third issue that. is, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, continue. No, the, the third issue is now you're seeing white on white violence, schools where a guy goes to a school and shoots 60 kids or 80 kids or goes, there was a shooting in Vegas a couple of years ago in which someone shot 600 people. Yeah. Only 30 died, but he shot 600 people. I, 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 I remember that. That is a sign of the United States economy getting bad so that the pinch is hitting white people. And a lot of people are under pressure. They're not getting mental health care. And they're living in a country which reinforces male as being dominant and powerful through guns and violence. But the area I live in is not to that level yet because it's it's kind of like New York. You don't see this in Manhattan either. Anywhere where it's the financial or military seat of the empire, there's a lot of security. So I have security. But I still, I can see the radius closing in, even where I live the radius of where I feel safe is becoming less and less and it's encroaching because there's a place called Tyson's Mall and Tyson's Mall is in Tyson's, Virginia. I mean, people make money here. So for example, I saw a kid who was 22 years old saying, I hate my job. They don't pay me enough. 22 years old, making $150,000 a year. And he's not happy with his salary. <laughs> it's crazy. If you're black in the US, if, if you're black in the US and you make 40,000, you think that you've made it. So, but you've got kids here who make 150,000, 200,000, and they're not satisfied. So that mall is where they go. But in the middle of the day, there was a gang violence in which two factions of gangs were shooting at each other. And I made a joke. I was like, yeah, those drug dealers are shooting at each other because they want, I hate to use the word, they want the white boy's money. You know, they want that rich. So they're fighting over turf because a lot of people in this area have money and use cocaine and things like that. So now gangs are fighting and killing each other for customers there. And they took it to the mall which is where all the people hang out, and they were fighting each other. Within 20 minutes, all of them had been found because of the surveillance. Yeah, yeah. Because Tyson's mom, answer the me, surveillance answer around... Me, answer me this. Answer me this, right? Um, is these mass shootings disproportionately in poorer areas or, 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 or areas where minority groups exist? Or, and, and, okay, and so it, it depends these, on... Hold on, hold on. And, and just another question on the, on the, yeah. on the shooter... Um, from what I can tell, most of them are white boys. So, so is it a race thing? Because, like yeah. you said, like really one of them belong to a. So, because to me, it, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it here, so this is the way it looks. Crazy. I think that the word mass shooting is ambiguous. So, 
to me, what I mean by mass shooting is when someone comes and just shoots 20 or 30 people because they break, they just break, or they're terrorists. But there's another mass shooting. The definition is more than four people killed. If you use that definition, there's more black mass shootings because in gang violence, six kids may be killed. Like, there'll be a block party, and they'll be like, yo, yo, um, that boy's in that party. So they'll go to the party and they'll shoot indiscriminately because they want to kill their enemy. But they end up shooting yeah. maybe four or five. Of them. That, yeah. to me, I wouldn't call that mass shooting. I would call it more like, it's, it's a mass shooting technically if you look at numerical, but I consider that to be a, a casualty of some type of intentional violence where somebody was trying to get someone. But the way I look at mass shooting is in which, so if you lose the number of just numbers, then yeah, there's more blacks. But if you look at the number of, what I would call the type of mass shooting where someone goes to a school and shoots people and has a mental break, it's usually a white male between 20 and 40 years old. And I see that as several things. Within the black community, we have culture and we have boundaries when it comes to violence. Most of our violence now is based on drug warfare between people who are in gangs and they have rules. So for example, they call, if someone gets shot, and they weren't a gang member, they call them a citizen. They say, oh man, he killed a citizen. So the idea is that citizens are supposed to be untouched. If you were shot, it's supposed to be either you were a gang member, because that's part of the game, or you were an informant, or you were a policeman. But within the white community, you're seeing white males do this. And this goes to the culture of America. Americans came here as settlers. And in order to keep this country, they had to have a culture of violence that's acceptable to kill the native americans yeah. to bring blacks over as slaves and kill them yeah. so they have to be violent and even after they um killed off the indians they now had to fight the spanish because america really is a british settler yeah. it's a british yeah. settler country that's what it is yeah so the, it started off, then they had to fight the spanish to get rid of them fight the Mexicans so they could take California. So every step of the way, the gun and violence is something that's very important for sustaining America. But now that all of the, now that they've conquered, they turn on themselves. Like even in the 1920s, whites used to kill each other like Al Capone. So now they're fighting for territory amongst themselves. Okay, but after a while that faded away because you start bringing, you start using black people for drug war. So white supremacy is a new movement. I would say it started in the 1950s or answer so. Me, I mean, answer me this then. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you talk about, I, I understand sort of the systemic violence and the history of violence. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I can understand how it's, why it's disproportionately a white male and the various demographics. But like yeah. that's not unique to the US. I mean, you could say the same about South Africa, say the same about Zimbabwe. Why? Why? I, I just, I, I just fail to, to to understand why why is the last resort uh, uh, always violence, and not just like well not just beating up like fucking shooting like I I mean well think about it the, the U.S. bombed Japan and killed three uh, killed uh, probably a million they say it's two hundred thousand people they bombed them and there was nothing to them I've lived in South Africa yeah there's violence you could be at a bar and someone can get mad and break a bottle and cut you in the face or get angry but there it doesn't seem like there's planned violence yeah, and yeah, it seems yeah, to yeah, cuts, yeah. yeah and also in South Africa even though there's racial issues there is nationalism and there seems to be interwoven 
layers of communities, black community, blacks with people of color and white African. They actually have, you can even, when you look at things like the rugby or you look at me, you can see that there's still a collective in South Africa, even though there's inequality. There's a type of collective. Yeah. Yes. So in other words, what, when I was in South Africa, I saw more interaction between different races and groups than you see in the US. But the main thing which you go back to is that if South Africa had 300 million guns, they would also have the violence that the US has. So the question that you're asking, my answer is that what makes it specific to the US is that the gun lobbyists own the government. And there's two complexes, there's a military complex in which we bomb other countries, kill other people's leaders. Then the second one is in which we make guns and we put no limits on them because the people who make those guns pay off the politicians. And not only that, they use TV and they use uh, propaganda to actually create violence in America so that there's a supply, there's a demand for weapons. Perfect example, blacks started killing themselves in America in the 90s after George Bush brought cocaine into America through um, Nicaragua and Iran and put the CIA put drugs and printed money because it was a period in the u.s in which drug dealers were making a hundred thousand a week on, on a low level so that means there had to be money that was printed so they printed money the federal reserve printed money pushed it into the neighborhoods and used black people as the warriors who fight each other for territory and deliver the drugs yeah. for yeah. the higher ups yeah. people in the government i probably shouldn't say that i may not be here tomorrow but yeah people in the government people that to the point at which Reagan and Bush were could have been indicted for bringing cocaine and things in and I don't know if you've ever heard of Oliver North he's a senator he was a commander he took the fall he said I did it Reagan didn't do it nobody I did it myself and he was given a suspended sentence and as a reward he ran for senator so they funded his senator run because he took the fall for Reagan because nobody cared so the point I'm making is that Violence is manufactured in America for profit. It's not so much in South Africa. In South Africa, you have problems with uh, drug trade and with um, human trafficking and everything, but there's not something in which the government is specifically working to create violence to make profit. They do, they do make violence. I see ANC is corrupt, but I just don't think that ANC actually is investing money in, into creating violence. They might be just taking money and not putting it into right. service sector. Interesting yeah. point. Uh, that, like, yeah. I actually want to But I want to add one more thing. Okay. One last thing. The reason you're seeing white males do that in America is because America has extended itself so far that the economic situation in America is affecting whites. The, it's only in big cities like New York and places where you see people who have money. Whites don't have money in America anymore, in the middle part of the country where there's agriculture and things, because it, the U.S. is a security state and it doesn't spend money on infrastructure. So what happens is now they're under mental pressure because of poverty. And that combined with already a warrior mentality, the white race is a very, very warrior-like. Also the Arabs. But the Arabs, at least they stick together. The white race is a warrior thing. So now that they're having economic problems, the instinct is that a lot of people are pushed to the limit and they resort to violence to make them feel powerful because they feel powerless because the economy is bad. Yeah, it actually, yeah. it actually yeah. makes complete sense. Um, um, yeah. the system, I think. Actually, I actually want to jump into. Um, I actually want to sort of get to South Africa, but we'll do that a bit later. But like you're talking about yeah. um, system, um, systemic violence, um, and we spoke about Palestine, 
and i don't think there's a bigger um i mean like uh just before just before we get into it just my uh, i just want to give my take real quick um or or rather disclaimer um so i'm no uh, political mastermind um i just i just talk about what i what I, what, what i see and uh what i read and so on and um i just feel i have to sort of make that disclaimer because this topic is so hot and um i've seen <laughs> i've seen so many people jump you on believe it you me i even did research this morning <laughs> i even did some research i did some research this morning too to make sure that i don't say something false <laughs> you understand what i'm saying so 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 i just want to put that disclaimer out there i'm no political author this is an opinion this is all our opinions and yeah. this is no what's that thing there's a thing i must say you're probably right the art lexia is not blah 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 i'll write some disclaimer there so yeah that i just want to put that out there first okay yeah. with that said let's jump into it um i mean like um, hamas has been bombing um has been doing some nasty stuff over the past um and when i and when i say nasty let me define that um and i mean uh we rather need to be more specific uh a lot of violence from uh, uh from from hamas what i've been uh i've been watching a bit of cnn um over the past basically since this thing started and it actually infuriates oh, yeah. Yeah. and it actually infuriates me how they how they uh, uh report on it there's a there's there's a real strong biasness there but so whew, anyway what's your take um because i want to say something okay, else so I'll, I'll, start with, i'll start with this i'll start with this um hamas it's strange the history of the west cuz hitler when you know the nazis were killing people and doing all kinds of things the nazis were created whether intentionally or not they were created by the cia yeah the, the us the us and britain continued to give money to germany to help it build its its military a country that sure. they were not, not supposed to do they weren't supposed to do that because after world war 1 germany was supposed to be a barren nation that was not allowed to build a military so they created it and then all of a sudden oh look look what hitler's doing we have to fight him then after they beat the nazis they brought in germans nazis to help build america and also to help fight russia the cold war and even to the point that the whole ukrainian thing was started by a civil war in ukraine in which national neo nazis who had fought for the germans or groups that linked to world war 2 that fought for the germans caused trouble in ukraine because they didn't like the russian speaking people and then eventually putin uses that as an excuse to jump in so so the point i'm making is that so hamas is a you can date hamas's birthplace back to when the us attacked iraq illegally and bombed and killed millions of iraqis and then you have isis al qaeda even al qaeda was created by indirectly by the us because the us funded and you're going to see a pattern now the us was funding afghanistan to fight russia nazis russia hamas so now you have hamas fighting israel and hamas has its roots in a war that that was with iraq with the us which is based off of resources oil and i get the feeling that a lot of these things are orchestrated i don't have proof of that but i think that this plays right into the hands of America because this is a new conflict in which they can destabilize the Middle East and weapons manufacturers can make money because a week after that Biden comes on television 
and says we need one hundred billion dollars. I saw that to fight. And look at what he says. He says to fight Hamas, but also to fight Russia, and then he says to fight Taiwan. Taiwan. So what they're oh, yeah, telling yeah, okay, us is yeah. that, yeah, because of China. So what they're yeah, telling yeah, yeah, us yeah. is that they need money to fight our biggest enemies now, yeah. Hamas, because Israel, Israel is America's number one ally. Because yeah. Israel is what keeps the, America. The, the, they need to have it because of oil in the Middle East. So you need a hundred billion. So the way I look at it is that Hamas's attack on Israel was fortuitous for American weapons makers. It's not going to be fortuitous for Israel though. Because this is just the beginning, as far as I'm concerned. The whole um, Syria and Lebanon and Hezbollah, which is supported by Iran, and eventually Iran, all of these countries are going to attack Israel. I I give it about 10 years. Because they now, because the U.S., the reason I say that is because the U.S. is overstretched. The U.S. cannot fund four wars. It's going to collapse internally. They can't fund a war with Ukraine, then they, and then also fund a war with um, Israel and Hamas, and then fund a war stopping, because um, if Israel attacks Palestine, it's going to open up the other fronts in Syria and those countries, and those countries are not going to be able to attack Israel. So the idea is that the U.S. is overstretched and will have a financial collapse, and once that happens, Israel will not have any money, because they're totally funded. And think about it, the U.S. is funding the whole Ukrainian government. They're paying for salaries, paying for everything, pensions. They're funding the state of Israel. They're funding too many things. Then they're having internal violence with guns. So the idea is that this attack will make money for weapons manufacturers in the short run, but it's going to lead to serious violence. It's not going to lead to the downfall of, of Israel because that will never happen. But I think, like I told you earlier, what it will lead to is a ceasefire in, and I think China and Russia will negotiate a ceasefire in which Israel is going to become like South Africa. It's going to become a so a so-called democratic country, and Palestinians will have rights, but there'll be economic in division. That's one option. Or the other option is that we'll just leave it as it is, and it'll just be a two hundred year war in which they try to wipe out the Palestinians. They won't be able to do it. Palestine has two million people. They can't wipe yeah. them off the face of the earth. If they try to do that, they, they can try. So I think what will happen is it'll just be like South Africa. You get your freedom, but the economic situation will never change. You know, that's that's what I think. But yeah, the idea is Hamas is um and also I'm not gonna say see we have to be careful but how we say it because I know you've heard of Nat Turner. So Nat Turner was a black person who killed yeah. white yeah. people. Yeah. So I see so if I say that Hamas is wrong, I also have to say Nat Turner was wrong. So I will say that both of them are wrong. Okay. But when I say that they're wrong, I have no emotional response to what they're doing because I'm so angry about it. So the idea is that revenge is wrong, but it's, I it's agree. predictable, but it's predictable. So I am not surprised that Hamas is killing Israeli uh, people because if you follow my post on Facebook, I've been following this for a year. Every month, 200 Palestinian kids are getting killed. And what's happening is that the, the Israeli settlers are beginning to move into Palestine because the, it's just like anything else. You want more and more land. So Israel is letting settlers come there because they're poor in Israel. They're letting settlers go to cheaper land in Palestine and letting them kill people, burn people's houses, kill them. It's been going on for a year. And, and I've been listening, there's a site that listens called on Radio Sputnik. There's a show called The Critical Hour. People should listen to it, The Critical Hour. For a year, there's a guy called Laith, Laith Maruf. 
he's been giving me all kinds of information. I'm not me personally, but I've been listening to him. And what they will do is settlers will go to your land and say, this land belongs to us now. And you have to leave and they'll kill you. And the Israel government will not do anything about it. And that is the reason Hamas did the strike back now. And Hamas knew that by doing the strike back, it would lead to this genocidal violence by Israel, which is what they wanted to do. Because now, more I've never seen the response to this level in which at least half of the world is finds what Israel did abhorrent. So Hamas basically lured Israel into behaving violently so that the world can see exactly I what kinda, Israel is. I kind of I kinda figured that out as well. Yeah. No and because Israel bombed, they bombed a hospital and killed yeah. 500 people. Yeah, that's all yeah, I have to I say. Kinda, I kind of I kind of figured that narrative yeah. it comes through. It comes and through. they bombed, they killed the whole family. They said it was an accident. They bombed a house in which uh, a journalist who worked for Al Jazeera, they killed his whole family. And they said it was an accident. But I don't believe so because three days before that, the Secretary of State of America, Anthony Blinken, said that Al Jazeera needs to tone down their their rhetoric. They said Al Jazeera sounds like it's biased. Can you imagine that? And then three days later, somebody from Al Jazeera, his whole family was killed. So yeah, so that's what that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. yeah. That's some that's some heavy shit, you know. Um, I think I've got some opinions, but I think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna put that on a podcast. That's gonna be around here for a hundred years. It could come bite me in the backside. Yeah. But my, I just sort of yeah, like yeah, yeah. We have to using, we, You have to you have to be really careful what you say. What you say these days, you need to be cautious. Yeah. So, so sort of my closing point there is that, like, I think this is a yeah. um, as a um, as a um, as a as a South African, as a Pan African, as an artist. And as a uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, I do want to put my support behind uh, Palestine. As I said, I, w- I won't I won't, yeah. I won't get into details and so forth because yeah, but yeah. Um, I do because I just I just I just I just believe as a um, as a South African uh, or as an African person living in a uh, a, 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 a colonial all these uh, in the courts and in, in, in the police and so forth, we can relate to other people's struggle and. Um, but, oh, yeah, with that, yeah, but yeah, with yeah. that said, um, I actually, actually want to want to pull in an, an, another point you were making earlier on, which I which I think is quite interesting and actually quite relevant to South Africa as well. Um, when you were talking about um, about the mass shootings um, 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 and how it gets out of sort of born out of the economic let's uh, 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 say problem, um, I read I read I read somewhere one once upon a time that um, the 08, uh the the when was it oh, it's oh seven when the when the markets crashed. Um, that a lot of um, because that was sort of a leveling field um, globally uh, uh, to everybody say that like we all we all fucked as normal as normal white black you know mixed race whatever whatever like like the economy fucked up everybody so everybody sort of and um, certain 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 race but even certain demographics reacted to it differently the one the one the one thing about black people is uh, is that we are resilient and as a creative and as an entrepreneur. Uh, we sort of um, we actually there's actually a fucking industry around black pain. So I sometimes think that it actually is that we manufacture to keep black people and to glorify making pain. But that's a that's another topic. I just want to bring it back sort of to, to this global sense. Uh, what's your what's your what's your take on that? I mean, like since um since oh eight since that since that global crash, the whole world has seen its backside. You can look at the price of fuel. Um, I have to pull 
it's, it's I mean, like, if, and 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 then and then it was COVID. Yeah. Um, so 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 what's your what's your take on that? And um, also, um, you know, okay, no, I want to I was gonna say, I want to talk about artsy stuff, but we kind of we kind of oh yeah, we can. Stuff. I can be quick. I can be quick, so we can get to those things. So the yeah. idea. So you asked me, what's my take on the black condition since COVID and everything, and what's going on? Yeah, well, very simple, man. Though we're suffering more now because COVID and the Ukraine war and the chaos is happening in who we are financially dependent on. We're dependent on the dollar, so there's yeah, more man. demand for the dollar. There's more demand for the dollar now because countries need money. Russia needs money. And not Russia. Ukraine needs money. Israel needs money. Americans need money. So since we're depending on since we're depending on the dollar, we're the gonna be the ones that they're gonna cut things from. So in other words, price of food is gonna go up in South Africa. It's gonna go up yeah. in Nigeria. More in Nigeria, because at least South Africa has a flexible economy in which they're partly bricks and they're still partly tied to the IMF system. But the Situation in Nigeria is worse, but I'm so. But what you're saying in South Africa is that it's unstable right now, and so now this leads to where China and Russia are the masters. China and Russia are working with South Africa and other African countries to make the shift in the monetary system and everything, and they'll help subsidize food and everything, which is okay. It's, we have to do it in the short run because. But the sad thing is that we are children who need parents, and now our parents are China and Russia. You get my point? We, we, we're not, we are not a sovereign. Africa is not sovereign. Because if, if not for China and Russia, you wouldn't have seen France kicked out of, um, yeah. out of the side. West Africa, yeah. I, I, let me get back to the street. They kicked France's butt. France yeah, they kicked the other fuck out. And then they got kicked in the rugby yeah. as well. So it if, this had happened, if this had happened in the, in the 90s, when, or if this had happened when Hillary Clinton was president of America, because I don't think Obama was president. If this had happened when Hillary Clinton was president of America, who killed Gaddafi to end the African Union? If this had happened now, the U.S. would have bombed Nigeria and Congo. Not Niger, Nigeria, Burkina Faso. They would have bombed those people into oblivion. But they can't do it now because they're overstretched. And China and Russia are... Russia is sending Wagner. Wagner is a supposedly an independent organization. So so Russia sends troops, they, no, they send mercenaries to to the Sahel region to for security for the African countries. But they can say that that's a private organization so they're not interfering in African politics. Because because Wagner, and you know what's funny? The, the, the president of Wagner died in a plane crash. You heard about that, right? Well, well, let me quick it. So the point I'm making then is that, to, to <laughs> close it down is that, the point yeah. I'm making to what you're saying, Africa is a stepchild right now. We, our parents are China and Russia and all that BRIC stuff. We don't have any sovereignty. We, we need an EU, like e European Union. We need an African Union. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's it. And I know you yeah. hate politicians, but the world will never change. The survival of any society depends on people with power who, who abuse it. It just depends on how much they abuse the power. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So our leaders, we need to have our leaders will always be corrupt, but they should at least be like the leaders of other countries that care about their citizens. Like Russia cares about its citizens, China cares about its citizens, but our leaders don't care about us. That's nah, it. nah, they don't. Uh, they don't care, yeah. and we all know that. And yeah. you don't need to be a politician yeah. to know that.
you know so i want to get yeah. to the rc stuff um um, um and yeah to be, um, to be to be to be more specific um uh, uh uh as a um you know as an as an artist um with all of this with all of this global uh, uh i've um there's there's sort of two things the, 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 the first thing is um and this is more specific on social media so there's this uh, i would call it this uh it's, it's, it's almost this one-dimensional fucking uh, 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 sort of trend of supporting any cause, which is which is um, which is I guess being popular, the popular cause of the day. And yeah. I noticed filtrated through every genre, through 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 music, through art, through vision, everything, everything. Yeah. And uh, the other I've, I've noticed uh, patterns over the years. Blah 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 blah. And. Um, I just want to get your uh, take on that. So, so, sort of like you know, from your and you know, given that you traveled and this and that, uh, sort of your, oh, your yeah. view on that. So that's the first one, and the second one is is that like uh, 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 this is this is something I'm <laughs> I'm going to be very personal. I'm here. taking notes now. No, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be very personal. Yeah, uh, 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 this is something yeah. I'm grappling with. Is uh, is uh, 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 I would say, what's the role of the uh, of the um, activist, you know, I'm 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 talking our uh, uh, um, age or what they call it anyway. You know, cat cats in their forties and upwards. Uh, um, um, we've got a uh, we come from before Windows ninety five, so 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 we've seen everything from the for, you know from from the phone to literally pick up and dial to uh, fight AI. So so the, I think our um, our age group is quite unique in that regard, um, and um, oh, yeah. I know personally, I've 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 sort of lost faith with uh, politics. Politics. This is this is called there. So, um, as a yeah. as an activist with this thing, with this thing, why would one? Because this thing that's happening in Palestine to me is a real fucking issue, and um, I see yes, it's isolated in the Middle East, but there's but there's but there's lots of other things, you know happening um, and it's, i'm talking specifically from south africa we have an election coming up next year and so forth so mm-hmm. in other words my point my point is that there's a lot of shit uh for activists to be um i guess to fuel your activism so so yeah so, so that's what i said so the question was sort of twofold so like the um the um you know the the social media trendy shit was like a real shit it's kind of what i want yeah, to yeah man, yeah man. That's but um bit. let's just um let's just do this. Let me just close the session and we'll start a new session and we'll just start um you know we'll start afresh from there. Cool? Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. Okay. Oh, oh man, everybody and we, we are we back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, we're back. I thought we were on when we were talking before, but it's fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, I should have declared that. Um yeah, oh, no, it's say, okay. Um, okay, so yeah, I'll let you say what you have to say. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, what I was what I was asking before the before the uh, before the break was uh, was your opinion because I get that um, uh, sort of themes in your work, um, sort of a call for activism in your. Uh, I'm talking specifically with your writing, um, and like you know, before the break we were talking about uh, sort of all these um, issues, and these are major fucking issues that has a major impact on everybody, and um, I think as an artist. And I'm sure you can buy into the um, what is the mantra of like music is a weapon, you know what fella, um, um, what fella, what fella, what fella used, used to say, and a lot of us adhere to that. Uh, many, especially on this platform. So, so, and I picked that up in some of your writing. So, what I'm 
when I'm when I'm when I'm asking you this, I'm sort of asking from that from that from that angle. Uh, 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 you know, you you as a writer, because it's one thing just saying all these things, but you know, isn't there another side? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so it depends from artist to artist, but I think that if you are an artist or an activist, you really have to work hard to figure out what is your desired result? What is your, what are you hoping to accomplish? Are you hoping to just stand on TV and wear a Palestinian, you know those things that the Palestinians have? I see oh, a yeah. lot of people wearing them. Yeah, I right. call those trendy, trendy activists. And I, I was telling my sister, I'm like, yeah, somebody's buying a, no, not my sister, my son. I told him people are buying the Palestine thing to show support. Yeah, but you're buying it from Amazon. So you're making Jeff Bezos rich, you know? <laughs> so the, that's it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. And also I'm no longer going to McDonald's because McDonald's um, supports, gives free food to the Israeli soldiers. So I like McDonald's. I will no longer eat it. I work with kids. A kid asked me, um, can we go to McDonald's? I was like, nah, I don't buy McDonald's because they support uh, Palestine. He was like, well, we can always go to Wendy's. Or Wendy's is like Wimpy's. I was like, yeah, we can go to Wimpy's. <laughs> Even though Wimpy's is capitalism, I don't care because, but I will not buy McDonald's. But to your point, as an activist, you have to ask yourself, what is your end result? If most likely, if the end result is to bring liberation to South Africa and to Africa, most likely we're not going to accomplish that yet. So the way I look at it, my end result is to educate people and to make them critical and to make them cynical about the world we live in, because that's the truth. And then once they realize that they realize there needs to be a change. And I think the most effective way I can be is to work within my community, working with people like you, working with people like my family and friends in which we have a revolutionary spirit. We're not trying to change America. We're not trying to change South Africa. We're not trying to, we're trying to change our lives and the lives of people within our community. So I have several communities. You're part of my, your community, to me, your family, just as important as my blood family, because we have a vision that we want, but we want the whole world to be peaceful. And we know that that can happen, but you can make, you can make your mind peaceful. Hopefully it's very hard to keep a peaceful mind in the world, but you can try, you can try to pr promote peace and stability. Like I want to see you do well. I'm see as a person, not as, not that we have any type of a relationship that's uh, instrumental, because we have the same values and I care about you as a person. I care about myself. I care about people that I know that share the same values as me. And with my art, sometimes I'll troll people. It's just to open people's eyes up to see that we're living in a, like some sort of crazy authoritarian matrix in which we are all being consumed by banks and people. And if I can give you knowledge, I can make you take steps to get your life in order and try to save yourself from what's coming. And hopefully we can do that with as many people. Because I have this idea of like, you have your podcast and I know other people. If we have up to 100,000 people who are all aligned and we do things, we're not gonna change the world, but we've now created a community in which we can solve problems for ourselves and live a better life. That's, so that's all you can do. You can, so the idea is that you can change some people's life. So I, hopefully the stuff I put and put out there it helps people liberate themselves mentally. And once they liberate themselves mentally, they can be better for their close community, for their families, their friends, and things like that. And then hopefully maybe 50, 60, 100 years down the line, if we keep doing this, the world will, the world will always have chaos and stuff, but maybe 
our communities in Africa and black people, we might see some improvements, but it, it has to start now at the ground level and keep on building, building up. So everything that I do, some of it is trolling, you know, like we talk about the rugby thing, South Africa rugby and how it's, it's sustained by banking. No problem. Cause I want South Africa to win on the weekend. I love those guys. Yeah. 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 I actually, I actually want to, I still want to yeah. uh, talk about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the thing, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, just know what you're what you're moving because I know there are so many artists that I've met from South Africa and musicians and painters who have absolutely revolutionized my life. Okay. And I know that there are people that I I won't say I've revolutionized their life, but I've been able to help their development. So to me as an activist, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to revolutionize our personal life. We're trying to revolutionize the lives of people we care about and hope that it can extend and revolutionize as many people as possible. But I think we have to take a practical approach, which is why like, I know you don't really like politicians, but I look at the world we live in as a negotiation of power so that to me, what freedom is, is by degree. Uh, we're never gonna live in a society in which we don't have governments. And the reason that's the case is because human beings are predators and power systems, so we need it seems like we need powerful part of the problem of having governments and states is that it requires powerful people and those types of people are usually abusive so what i want is a balance between the people and the government the people and the government are actually opponents of each other but the long the more that, that we as a people stick together the less abuse the government will give us you know and i'll always go back we said it last time i just don't understand how cuba came to be. Cuba might be the most perfect society on earth. I, I don't know how it happened. I need to do some more research on it because it seems to me that's the most democratic and most socialistic and most humanistic yeah, country. And, and so to me, Castro and those guys are the ultimate revolutionaries because they took care of their family. But look, it's a very small country. They took care of their family. Also, I have to give a shout out to Chavez from Venezuela. These are my heroes because these are people who see their country. But don't family. you think Chavez is a bit is a bit uh, problematic? I mean, like he didn't leave a very good legacy. I mean, Venezuela's fucked now. You know, I've got a I have uh, a, I, yeah, a friend in Colombia, the and they talk. But here's the question: Why is Venezuela hard ass stories? Why are they fucked up? You know why they're fucked? Because Chavez died from cancer, and also they tried, but it didn't work. They tried to overthrow Maduro. To me, Maduro is a mild socialist. He's not the greatest, but he's not bad. They tried to kill him. And they even said that Guaido is the president of Venezuela. But yeah. look what happened. Maduro, the reason Maduro is still in power is because the Venezuelan people did not allow US sanctions. So the reason, the reason Venezuela is suffering now is because of US sanctions. Yeah, absolutely. The US put yeah. So, in other words, the, what we need to learn from Venezuela is that but even Chavez when your people die, part to play. I just no, Chavez Ricky, was, man, My Chavez, point is now. Let me just, let me just, let me just Yeah, yeah. He but did some. He did point. some. He did some really um, fucking cool yeah. stuff, you know. Especially that you know, it, yeah. it blows my mind how cheap fuel was there. You know, like yeah. like that's almost utopian. Like, how can fuel be so cheap? Like. Yeah. Uh, um, one, he did some very cool stuff, but he also 
didn't do some some cool stuff. One of the one of the one of one one of the one of the things you can even look at Gaddafi for an example. It's very easy, especially now that the dude is dead, to sort of like hold him as like you know he was this. Oh yeah. Uh, and and they do the same shit to Mandela. They do the same shit to everybody. Oh so yeah. So I'm just like yo. You're gonna have a bunch like, of worms. Yeah, so, so like these guys. Shavit, I, I do, I do, I do agree with you. I also, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was um. Anyway, well, I I like what he did, but um, so yeah, the I, have a, I have a friend that part of the world, and it's pretty hard. It's pretty, it's pretty hard. Yeah. So I get the same vibes with with Chavez and Mandela. Basically, yeah. it's like it's easy. Anyway, this, you get what I'm saying. Here's what I'm trying to say: You can't compare Chavez to Mandela. What I mean is that Mandela is nowhere near what Chavez is, and here's why I'll say so. In, in, Mandela in, was put in, in what way? An impact on a region. So Chavez had impact on. Central America, in which even now in Colombia, trust me, these are not perfect countries. Colombia has a black female president who started off as a nanny who had no education. Colombia is now a left country, and Colombia was the country that the U.S. had the strongest hold on because of cocaine and stuff. Yeah. So that you're seeing, a, they call it a pink movement because it's not totally left. It's sort of like left and still fascist. But within South America, there's unity. Brazil, Venezuela. Bolivia, all those countries are working together. They're not doing enough. So Mandela was interrupted in his youth. He was put in jail. I don't know how old he was when he was put in jail. Uh, was he in his 30s or something like that? Was so he wasn't. For... Probably, yeah, yeah, late 30s, there about. He was so, 60 so Mandela was a, an activist. So I'm not dissing Mandela. He was an activist. But if you look at his legacy, he didn't change any outcomes in South Africa at all. Nah. <laughs> nah, he didn't. Did, did, did he? Did he change any? Nah, no, he didn't do shit. <laughs> it's not uh, his fault, though. It's just that, yeah, it's just that he didn't. And the thing is that we talk about Hani. Hani had a great spirit. I think Hani is someone that people use as a symbol. He's a more powerful symbol than um. I don't, and I don't know the history about it, but I think Hani is a more powerful. So Hani's effect is that he didn't change South Africa, but. When there's time for a revolution and things, people will revert to his uh, yeah, ideology. Yeah, also, ideology. Sabu, I, sure. I don't want to mess up the guy's name. S O B U K W Subukwe. These are the guys. Also, yeah. guys in other countries like Cabral and yeah. Sankara. Yeah, these guys, they have ideology. So Mandela doesn't have an ideology. That he doesn't really, but he was an activist. Mm-hmm. You know, he did some things like you know point. violence, which is okay. I'm not, I'm not promoting violence, but. You're he's I would call it he could have he was part of a movement that was pushing for liberation through violence and you need violence for liberation, but he just didn't have the effect because he didn't have an ideology that we can quote him on now. Whereas Chavez has an ideology and a spirit. I see your point. I see your point. And also Chavez was taken out by cancer. Yeah, yeah, he was he's taken out by cancer before he was able to mature. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But his spirit still lives on. His spirit lives on in South America. Yeah. Apparently so. Apparently so. Um that was a that was an interesting point. Um yeah, an interesting point about about Mandela. Interesting. Um you meant you mentioned you mentioned earlier on, and I sort of wanna like wrap up uh, 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 uh yeah, because we covered like firstly, like this was really cool. Like we covered like <laughs> quite a few like yeah. big topics. They shit. call the two minute drill. In America, yeah, man. They call that the two minute, the two minute drill. There's only two minutes left, or kind of like with rugby, there's only a minute left, and Paula kicks the the point. So we had to get. Yeah, a lot of actually, actually, one, 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 one
you know, you know, like you had that post earlier in the week, and I, I sort of make that um point uh, on this on yeah. on this platform. Yeah, I've noticed because four years ago, um, it was it was it was a very similar thing. So, uh, 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 rugby has got a stigma of being like a white supremacist sport, right? Which, to a degree, is yeah. true, and you can't deny that. Yeah, like, true. You know, being a being being a colored guy, like I can tell you now, like rugby is massive in in, in, in in virtually every colored neighborhood that I've certainly been to. That's cross country. So, 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 so this is um, the 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 point I'm trying to make is that it is not like a white elitist thing and because it is sort of like no, no, like, no. like like that there's people who don't like the sport period and that's fine and that's fine you don't have to like any, anything that's and a that's personal fine. thing yeah 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 it's very personal and, and then it's fine like you said it's fine mm. but what i've noticed is that there's this type of thing and it's not really related just to the rugby like there's this thing um, last year last year let me give you this uh 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 with uh with the football world cup there was some uh, on my on my social on my Facebook feed, there was a meme by some chick that said that she hates it, and I'm paraphrasing her, she doesn't like to see men happy. I wish they could cancel the World Cup. And I took offense and I yeah. and I, you know, I blocked blah 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 blah. I, I was like, fuck you, man. So I get a similar yeah. thing about the about, about the rugby. So there's this thing of there's this one side and uh that is like, you know, white and like I just I I, I just think it's bullshit. Like uh, uh if there's yeah. one thing about 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 South Africa, which makes it unique, uh, um, and you actually raised this point. We did a little social media about like us versus like some or the West Africa. We are sort of economically and blah 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 in a, in, a, in a different position. And to have like this massive uh, stage, is the third biggest tournament in the world. Uh, to have this massive stage, to be right on top and to be potential winners, uh, uh, and people really does what what it does to, to the average South Africa because you can drive around uh, uh, today. And you can see it, uh, a, a, a sense of energy. You get a sense of uh, yeah. maybe not faith or, or, or nationalist, uh, like a good sense of nationalism. Like, fuck, I think it's healthy. Like, once in my life, like, hey, man, we important. And I think that's a good it's thing. It's healthy. It's healthy. And to me, I, I'm going to keep it real with you. Rugby in South Africa is not... A, it's backed up, but South Africa does well because they have a lot of money at the grassroots levels. But rugby in South yeah. Africa is, it's not, it is one of the most positive cultural things I've seen. And I see how how it highlights the best parts of the culture. Guys work hard. They work hard together. They have logistics. They're disciplined. And these are things that I've seen that with the rugby team. And they're out there like I, I follow i follow this stuff because i moved to south africa the year i moved to south africa was when south africa won the world cup in what was it uh 2000 and something early the, their first their second world cup that they know their France. second world cup and, I was like, yeah. and you know i and i was like because i was i was naive i was like i'm going to the rainbow country they won you know <laughs> and i'm going to but when i got there i realized that rainbow country is false and true at the same time it is a rainbow country because I've I've lived there. I've lived in Johannesburg and Cape Town, and I've seen fluidity between the different cultural groups. But I sure. still see the inequality. But South Africans sure. are resilient, and also South Africans like fun too much. They like fun too much. <laughs> so you go to a party, you see white boys, you see black boys, color boys taking pop, drinking six Heinekens. So there's a there's some sort of folk culture in South Africa which goes with everybody. So South Africa is an enigma because. Not an enigma, but it's a contradiction. It's a contradiction. It is, it is. It is a contradiction. I can agree with you. There. People who are family, but they—it's kind of like me with my family. Anybody with your family can't stand each other, but we're together, and we're not going to let outsiders put us down. 
So I see that in South Africa, and that's what should be built upon. And the rugby is a good thing. But I just have to say, this guy, like, as an artist, I see patterns and things. So, yeah. so real quick, as an artist, I see patterns and things. And the only thing I keep seeing is this guy, man, uh, Pollock. He's the most clutch athlete I've ever seen in my life. If it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have won the last World Cup. You have yeah, other people that are better, but but he's the what you call the finisher. And yeah. so I've built up a mythological a fascination with him. He's a great person. I like him. So I want to see the team win, man. And also, <laughs> I've also know you guys have some crazy wingers. What's his name? Um, Colby. These guys Colby are bad, Jesus. man, on the corner. Yeah, yeah, because he has so yeah. much speed and elusiveness that he can create points out of nothing. So so to me, Sarah, yeah. is, is a myth. But to keep it real quick, yeah, so like I, w- I wanted France to win the World Cup. I cried when they lost. And I know France is a colonial country. But what I saw positive about it was that they had a bunch of black men who are from West Africa that nobody yeah. can touch. And they're the best team. Yeah, in the yeah. France has the best football. Then and they come they, from West Africa. But the point but I make I, is that but like I can, I can, yeah. I can never support yeah. France. I can never support England. I can never support Australia. It's yeah, a colonial yeah. powers, yeah. bro. Like, like, yeah. like. One yeah. thing, I, one, so I can't wait for is that sports. Yeah, sports is sports is, So that's why I say I love because I I'm not gonna say the H word because I don't want to get banned. But I really don't <laughs> really feel good about. I really don't feel good about France, but I feel great about uh, Zidane. And yeah, Henry, yeah, so Henry. Dan was dope. So, so I'm not Dan supporting France, supporting our boys. Zidane was, a, <laughs> a, um, Zidane was a was a serious gangster, he was fucking hardcore. My favorite he was, player, he was an African motherfucker. Yeah. Nah, salute to Zidane, yeah. like much love, much love to that cat. Like, I love him on the field and as a person as well. Like, what it did to yeah. Chirac after that was it? Oh, when did they play that final? Anyway, anyway, oh, France, Italy. Good. Against Italy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That, 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 that was 06. He had butted the guy because the guy... He had butted, like, and, he, and, and like, he told he wasn't... Like, when he went, he had to go and apologize to Chirac and get the yeah. military garb. He was all hard. And there was... He, he, made, he made it a political thing and, like, much, much love to that guy. Like, I personally also... Now, now, when, when look at... I'm your point about athletes. Not a dope athlete is a dope-ass athlete. Period. Um, but for tomorrow's yeah. thing, like, you know, I, I I just hope the dopeness is <laughs> is on this side uh, because we I want to party it's gonna and be we want to celebrate tomorrow. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, and because I think the European team plays defensively, so but I think the high scoring game will favor South Africa because they are yeah, flexible. Well, they can play power, they can play power and defense, but they can also open up. So I think they'll win, but you can't predict. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> My brother Mustafa yeah. Gennaro, like. Oh, all the way from both the my king. This was this was beautiful. We covered so many dope ass things over here. If you yeah. got a thought on this podcast, remember to like, subscribe to this channel. Um, my king, uh, much love. You said you got to go work in a little bit, so um, you know all the best for that. Yeah, you exactly. sort of ending our day. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, there's some there's some drinks over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right into that. I have my look. I have my. <laughs> I saw I that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I your sponsors don't, don't. I hope your sponsors don't cut you out for me promoting um, alcohol. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get new sponsors. I'll actually publish this episode tomorrow morning yeah. speaking because uh, I want to get it yeah. out for that. Idea. My king, much love for the day, and we'll be in touch. Oh, with also, media. much love to you, much love to you, and thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you for the opportunity to give me a voice. 
And also thank you for the opportunity for setting the example that we have to create our own voices and our own media. Thank you so much. Okay. Dope, my king. I appreciate that, my king. Thanks, man. Yeah. My king. Okay. Right, okay. So what's up? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.